3: He's Mitchell a worked it away to
4: McGinnis, second look for the quarter, Gunston will mark. To make it a 26 point margin, Gunston right through the middle. Five for Jack and the Hawks have steadied well.
5: Hogan with great defensive work is going to set up a scoring opportunity for Callan Ward who snaps it home. Three
3: goals from outside 50 for his fourth from the 50. Rory Lob off two steps. Sets it sailing for his fourth. He is
1: the sharpest shooter out there today. He finds Bolton, he'll play on, he always does. That's his fourth goal, kicks around the body.
3: But the Cats will will record their 11th straight win. They are timing their run to September beautifully. 17-8, 110,
1: they defeat the Saints. 10-5, 65.
2: 11 straight wins for Geelong as they flex their muscle against the Saints, whose finals aspirations have taken a hit. The Bulldogs' chances of playing in September were also dealt a big blow. The Tigers, though, are inside the top eight, and with games against Hawthorne and Essendon to come, their destiny is in their control as they look to finish the season strongly. So much to unpack from a big weekend of footy. It starts right here on Sunday crunch time. Good morning, everyone. It is great to have your company on this Sunday morning as we count down to three games of football coming up this afternoon to wrap up round 21. First game, North Melbourne up against the Sydney Swans. A 1-10 start at Marvel Stadium. Then the big one at the Gabba. Very much looking forward to this one. It's the Brisbane Lions taking on a Carlton side that looks a little bit vulnerable in the top eight at the moment. And then the round wraps up with West Coast and Adelaide. 4.10pm Eastern Time at Optus Stadium. So much to get through though this morning. Nat Edwards with you as well as a man who kicked nearly 300 goals in his AFL career and Josh Jenkins. Welcome to you JJ.
5: Nat good to have you back. Or yeah. were you back last
2: we week? were but we, oh, we've we oh, sort of
5: well. missed each you other. I you were been...
2: off. The A team's right. back anyway.
5: <laughs> <laughs> don't say Sorry, that Yes, uh, the SCN track crew. <laughs> They'll be upset but uh, no, good to be back. Good to be at Marvel Stadium as well, watching a um, watching what are we watching? Something resembling a game of footy <laughs> out in front of us. Hopefully, uh, the real deal at uh, ten past one's a little better than what's.
2: Hopefully, this isn't the North Melbourne side that runs out <laughs> well, at one ten. Been a
5: few times <laughs> this season, but uh, it could be it could be an okay game in. Two hours and seven minutes, but heaps to get through before that.
2: Yeah, the Saturday wrap for the Werribee Izuzu Ute. They make buying cars easy in case you missed it. Let's recap quickly what happened yesterday down in Launceston. It was Jack Gunston who kicked five goals to inspire the Hawks to a seven-point win over the Gold Coast Sun, and they basically snuffed out the Sun's very, very slim finals chances. Last week, Mark McVeigh accused his players of checking out, but they responded with a 27-point win over the Bombers. The Dockers lock in a finals spot and dealt the Dogs finals chances, a blow beating them by 17 points yesterday afternoon. And as we mentioned off the top, the Cats, they flex their muscle again, that winning streak out to 11 straight games. They beat the Saints by 45 points and the Saints have now dropped out of the top eight. And on the flip side, finals are back on the menu for the Tigers. They're in the top eight after a 38-point win over the Power. That was the Saturday wrap for Werribee. Izuzu. upgrade your old ute into D-Max now. They are paying top dollar for trade-ins. There's a lot to unpack there, but just off the top, big winners and losers.
5: The Tigers, for one. Mm. Uh, yeah, just keeps just keeps them afloat. I've been saying it for a while. I don't know... Of anyone who'd be that keen to face Richmond no in, a, one. in a knockout final at the MCG, you just wouldn't be that comfortable with it, no doubt, because of where they are. They're not, they're not the side they once were, but they're still dangerous and they're still capable, and they'll still have eighty thousand fans roll up to a to a final if they make it. So uh, huge winners there, the Dogs yesterday. Yeah, real slip up, uh, really costly. They to me were in the box seat. Now, they're not. They're definitely not. So, uh, yeah, the Tigers, probably the big winners. And and, and the Dogs, yeah, Fremantle, good side, no doubt about it. They probably could put their hand up to be the big winner as well. But, yeah, a bad loss by the Dogs here at this very stadium.
2: Yeah, I think Fremantle. I mean, set to play finals now since for the first time since 2015. So, so that's a really good thing. Uh, probably one thing to watch for them is that injury to Matt Tabernard, The mm. calf issue doesn't sound good whatsoever heading into September. Of course, the other. Well, I don't know if it's a winner or a loser, but obviously Collingwood, the big winner. But Ed Langdon and his comments. Yes, um, well, possibly yes. a loser in that regard.
5: Um, no, no, who Ed or Melbourne?
2: Well. Melbourne.
5: Well, yeah, well, I guess so. Um, but um, I, I quite enjoyed the uh, – so he said it on Andy Aghazi, didn't yeah. he, Thursday. Yep. I wow. quite enjoyed the uh, countless members of the media who, who, who got in – who worked themselves into a frenzy. But <laughs> we're also trying to be uh, acutely aware of, hey, we need to be mature about this. Mm. But at the same t- and not pump it up, but at the same time pumping it oh, up.
2: No, we need to pump it up. We need to blow that up. But well,
5: I don't know that I we. I like d- that we he said it though. Well, no, you can't have both. You can't have both because <laughs> no, no. Do you reckon he's going to say anything next week? No,
2: he's definitely. That's right. Not.
5: That's right. And and I was, I, mean, I was uh, annoyed. Is not the right word, but I was surprised, and I loved, uh, would have loved. Now Collingwood have. You can feel how you want to feel about it. If it's aggrieves it you and you want to use it. As um, you know, you want to use it as as inspiration, go your hardest. But they they come out so strongly after the game. I was so surprised. Craig McRae was a little. He contradicted himself a little bit. He said that um, he said that he was um, you know, he liked it, but he used it.
2: Yeah. Well, let's hear what both. the reactions were to Ed Langdon's comments.
5: We we did use it as a um, yeah, a bit of a source to
0: look back on because I feel like Ed Langdon sometimes. Speaks in the media and he, didn't, he doesn't realise what he's actually
4: saying. So, um, yeah, when I, when, I, when I got that first tackle on him, I, um, I let him know about it.
0: Oh, I'd be lying to say if it wasn't on the whiteboard before we ran out.
4: But I thought he got what he deserved in the first 30 seconds of the yeah. game anyway.
1: <laughs> no, I actually really like, you know, personnel in the game. I, I'd encourage more of it. Speak up. Um, not because we won, but... Um, no, I think I think we're, we're craving that, aren't we? I think I saw, saw the news flashes just light up. You guys
3: are loving it. And so, so we should like. let's embrace this. Um, oh, look, Ed's probably one
5: of the more respect, respectful people that I know. Um, and he by no means would have been disrespect to Collingwood at all. So Ed got his words wrong. You know, he puts his hand up to that, and it certainly wasn't disrespect to Collingwood. They've won 10 in a row because they've been doing and executing that very well. They've now won 11 in a row. I don't think we should criticise players for making mistakes either when they go in the media.
2: I'm with um, Flyer McRae there. I, I, I do think it was brilliant and I do think that often, um, you know, players just wheeled out the cliches and, and whatnot and we want to see some personality. We want a little bit of spice, but I understand what you're saying with mm. the media taking it and running with yeah, it but it, it just created yeah. so much hype towards oh, that game and that tackle that Braden Maynard laid in the first 20 seconds of the game jeez I'm sure Ed Langdon knew that was coming
5: no doubt no doubt and and it, it, it does heighten your um you know Ed Langdon probably prepared and was as wound up for that yeah. game as he was would have been all, se- all year I remember I'm not sure what, what season it was but I was, did an interview and was asked about the Giants and I just it was an innocent comment, and I think Ed Langdon has said something that the D's have said behind closed doors. Mm. You know, they're a one-trick one trick pony. If we allow them to play their game style, yep. uh, they will uh, they will do it well. I remember making a similar comment about the Giants. I said, "Off, uh, why do you think you'll win?" And I said, "I think our midfield runs two ways." That's all I said. Mm. Now, you know, obviously, you can you can you can understand how people say, "Oh, well, he thinks they don't." Um, so you know, to me, it was an innocent comment. It was an honest comment, yep. and it was something we'd spoken about during the week. We, if we run both ways, we'll beat them. It proved correct, but again, you, it gets blown out of proportion, and then you really get you get gun shy for quite yeah, a while. Yeah.
2: So did you did that make you retreat? Oh, and- yeah,
5: absolutely. Particularly in a you know, in a really um, heightened market like Adelaide, I was really reserved for a little while about being really careful and and um and, and just being as respectful as possible. That's when you get you know. You, you can get boring, and that's when you can get boring. So uh, I wonder what what I wonder how Ed's feeling about it. I hope he's not embarrassed or feeling bad about it. But uh, I would have I just would have in I just would have preferred Collingwood to have taken the high road after the game. They didn't stoop, but just pretended like they didn't even really know about it.
2: Yeah, but it it played into the whole drama and the theatrics, yeah, but I, I which I, I like.
5: I, no one else. No, when every player in the league will be sitting around thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not speaking out.
2: Well, yes. I mean, I think that's because probably...
5: The, the, the risk and reward factor, what's, which one's larger?
2: Yeah, well, it's certainly fired up the pies. And, and they're having such a terrific season. I can't believe they're sitting second on the ladder right now. I'm not sure they need added motivation at, at this point because there is a premiership on the line. But they are travelling very, very nicely. Um, as we mentioned, North Melbourne and Sydney going to go head-to-head here at Marvel Stadium in a couple of hours' time. But Buddy Franklin has been the one mm. that has been making headlines over the last few days, a, a report um, came out by a, a Channel 9 journalist during the week that Buddy had told the Swans that he wanted yes. was it
5: out. was a rugby union or ru- rugby? league. Yeah. Um, and journo. he was strong.
2: Yeah, very strong. Um, so he's come out and said that and that Brisbane are the front runner to, to land him. Well, Buddy uh, arrived in Melbourne yesterday and Mitch Cleary from 7 News um, door stopped him. This is what <laughs> Buddy had to say.
5: I'll put out my statement, yeah. I'll make my decision at the end of the season. Thanks, Lance. Nice i he gave him that much.
2: I know. It well, was well, unbelievable that he actually re- spoke, to would be have honest. referred
5: him back to Buddy Promotions. <laughs> that he, uh, that
2: so the <laughs> statement he's referring to is one that his manager um, put out, and I think Kaltumi from AFL.com.au was first to tweet, oh, um, or it oh, went up Nick on help. the AFL Live app um, first. But um, the the basic of the, the statement or the basis of the statement is that Buddy has now put off contract talks mm. until the end of... Of the season. What do you read into that? <laughs> well,
5: typically that's not a good no. uh, a line for, for the club that you are at currently. So I I don't know Michael Atkinson yep. at all. First time I've ever heard his name raised was you know when he when he reported this. He You're went, not
2: going to go with it if you don't have well, that's, good sources. That's,
5: that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you, I don't know... I don't know what your university uh, degree looks like, but you I you're a, are you a qualified yep. journalist? Yep. That's hopefully not a disrespectful. No, question, it's not. But no, not at all. I, I, I would imagine if you're not going like the risk and reward again for for Michael Atkinson to go with that, knowing that oh, it, it might be true, but it might not be. He puts himself basically on the sword. And yep. if it's wrong, you're done.
2: Yeah. As a journalist, you, you might hear a story. You you don't get one confirmation. Often yeah. it's two, yeah. three sources confirming it before you actually feel comfortable mm. going with it. In this situation, it's a huge story. So he would have done his due diligence. And things and goalposts can move. And people that tell you things also have yeah. agendas. So yeah. this is the problem that journalists sometimes get into is when they get played by others yes. um, and their sources, which can sometimes happen. So we're not saying that Michael is wrong in, in any stretch at all. But for mine, I just sort of – my gut feel would be Buddy either retires or he plays on another year with the Swans. I can't nah, see him moving. No, I think
5: it's – I, I think actually think, think the Lions are one, retirement's two, and the Swans are three. Oh. The easiest thing to do uh, – because I, 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 the only reason to put things off with the Swans but still have the intention to return is a haggling over money. I, I can't see how that would be –
2: like if he wants two, oh, I, I don't two think. Oh, I'd be one.
5: surprised if he'd be really chasing two with with the Swans. The, the Lions might offer him two as a lure, as a mm. carrot, but I'd be surprised if 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 he's trying to force Sydney into two years. Yeah. Um, and I'd be surprised if if he's put put contract talks off just because it's over 100k or 150k That'd or 200k yeah. even. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually think it's I think the Lions are in the. Must be in the box seat on the back of the report from from uh, Michael Atkinson on the back of the fact he's put contract talks off and the you know rumor and innuendo about the moving north anyway. Oh, I think the Lions must be in the box seat, and oh. it's a it's a it's a it's a really shrewd play from them. I know Chris Fagan completely shut it down, but he 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 probably has the ability as the senior coach. You've probably got that um, plausible deniability. No. It's it, it, it's it's um. It's it's your list manager, and it might be your CEO, and it exactly. might be exactly it's you not know, you having those. Direct yeah, it might conversations. be your footy manager having yeah. those. Like Fags might have texted him. Yeah, but he might, you know he probably hasn't gone for a, for a coffee or or a sit down with him. So I think the lines are in the box seat, right? and it is again, uh, it is just going to whether he goes or stays or does whatever until he signs somewhere or makes a decision. Again, trade week or trade period will just be out of control.
2: Intriguing because I know that Buddy really wants to get another premiership. So Sydney, obviously, clearly in the window. The mm. Lions, too. Which, if you were Buddy, which yeah. list would you rather be playing for? Which uh, one's closer well, to the flag?
5: Well, I mean, you have to say Brisbane. Yeah, I've, I'm slow on the uptake with the Swans. I still think they're about 12, months. 12, 12 or 18 months away. Um so, you've got to say the Lions, particularly, you know, say it's McStay out, Franklin in, it, it's 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 an upgrade in terms of firepower, whether, you know, system and those types of things, who knows, you've got to see how it works out. But it's an upgrade in terms of, of, of just genuine firepower. So, I would say Brisbane, but but not by much. And, and the other aspect is, and I know Chris Judd used to be really strong on this, the first year in a new system. You should really not expect much at all. It's the second year, so you know, Buddy probably doesn't have that luxury. So to move, he has to fit straight into a new system at Sydney, and we'll see it today. They kick it to him all the time, probably to a fault. In Brisbane, they've got Charlie Cameron who likes to play one out. They've got Joe Danaher. Mm. They've got Hitwood. So it would be very, very interesting and 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 must see TV if it happens.
2: Oh, I can't wait for the trade periods. One of my favourite times. Not of coming the year. back
5: to Hawthorn, anyway. <laughs> I can I can Why probably. <laughs> Someone. Probably shut that one down.
2: I don't think they're close to a premiership, although they um, did pretty well to hold off the Gold Coast Suns last year. Speaking of losers in inverted comment, I just wanted to mention Marby Ochoa. He's had a terrific season, but he was on this hot streak, JJ, where he would kicked mm. a goal in every game this season and then yesterday had the chance to continue that streak and he hit the post.
5: Well, I, I know how the great man feels. I kicked a goal every year of 2017 until the grand final, so I know how the <laughs> I know how the great man feels. Are um, you aware
2: of streaks like that as a player? No, no, no really not really,
5: it? not really, not till after the fact. But um, oh, he may have been, but yeah, I, I doubt he's. He doesn't strike me as a type of guy who, who who invests a lot of his time in in uh, football media and what's happening around him. So he the, the the important thing is he and I just can't speak highly enough of the seasons. That he and Levi Casbolt have put together. The, the, when Ben King went down, mm. uh, everyone thought the sun was setting.
2: Oh, like that!
5: Um, but it was uh, the both. I think kicked sixty odd, 65, 70 goals between them. Uh, unbelievable! And again, talk about system. How they're going to fit? Because they both demand. And Levi was probably insurance, who was thrust into yep. the into the spotlight. They both demand an opportunity to play next year. Chol, absolutely no doubt about it. But they, you know, Levi as well. King comes back into the fray, and they've got some exciting challenges and decisions to make um, moving forward. Because you know, it does look like they're going to miss out this year. And um,
2: and does Isaac Rankin stay? Well, or yeah, go, that's I another. Mean... Another.
5: I'm not. I'm not too that doesn't upset me too much either way from a gold coast perspective.
2: No. I mean Mal Roses has popped up this yeah, year and there and there really just becomes a
5: point where you you know you just well we can't we can't keep him at that price. Mm-hmm. If if Adelaide are willing to bring him home we're talking 8 900,000 yeah. that's what's been thrown around and those numbers often having you know walked those shoes often those numbers are unders. Mm-hmm. The the numbers that get thrown up from from the press are actually unders yeah, a lot. Right. Just I think that the the a lot of the the Football media has been slow on the uptake of the TPP increase that was, you know, was like a 20, 25% up, you know, up, up, up increase. And that's why I've been, you know, mixed day, 650. Oh, hang on, he's not worth that. Well, six is, of course, it's a, incredibly a, a, a lot of money, but it's it's around 500. You know, if yeah. you want to do the numbers, it's 5, 550 based on, on, what it, on what it once was. So I'm not upset because the, from Gold Coast perspective, They'll have to get something significant back. Oh, the they rank. will. What's gonna, he worth? Oh, he's worth a lot because Adelaide is saying. Adelaide is saying. Yeah. that The Gold Coast can say, "Well, you know what? We don't even have to try pick. and yep. put a put a put a value on it because we we picked him third or second or third. I think third overall. Yep. Um, we've invested all our time and resources in him. He would have been paid well as it is. Is he fourth year Yeah
2: he would be yeah i reckon it's his 4th so, so
5: he signed a second deal which often you know those high draft picks can go straight from the um, you know they from their draft contract which is you know 80 or 100 grand they yep. can sometimes go straight up to to that 350 400,000 so he's probably been on around 400,000 uh, you know at the moment mm. and um, and and Adelaide is saying Gold Coast can sit back and say well you value him at close to a million bucks so what's a million dollar player worth in a trade market, a young one, a 22-year-old. Yeah. So there is a lot to play out there. And I, I read something last night that Rankin's, uh, Rankin's team, uh, Rankin's people aren't willing to go through the preseason draft. Yeah. So he, I... Apparently, allegedly, he'll back out if it's if Adelaide try to push him through to the preseason draft. It has to be a trade.
2: There was a report also that suggested that perhaps his management wasn't too keen for him to go to Adelaide, given. Everything that's sort of
5: well, I yeah, I I heard about that. I don't give that a lot of credence. I think Isaac would make there's too many. He'll make his own decision in terms of that. I don't know that he'd be swayed enormously. Maybe I am, you know, be proven wrong. Different of course. coaching
2: group. Diff- yeah, that's right. Things. It's a different.
5: It's a different football club. What What I would say, and this is where I think Gary Winter looks after him. Sorry, Gary, if it's not you. <laughs> Because I'm going to put you on the uh, on the on the Bunsen burner a little bit. The, the, the manager, his Ozak's manager, has to step in here, and and say, this. Be careful what you wish for. The, I've lived in that town, and you know, of course, everything that's happened over the past few days. It is, it is, it is either way too high or way too low. There's yep. no middle ground. It's not the Gold Coast. So yep. he's going to come in as a as a small forward who doesn't touch the ball a lot. Yep. High impact. But he ha- he has games and will always have games. Yeah, the best small forwards the best small forwards to have ever played have games where they have eight touches and don't kick a goal. It's a
2: tough position to play. And
5: and if and if he if he goes to Adelaide on you know best part of a million and he doesn't touch it for the first month,
2: yeah, the life will be
5: brutal. Him. Yeah. And his manager needs to be absolutely across that and absolutely map that out for him because he's a twenty two year old. He's got another decade to make incredible money, which he will if he stays at the Gold mm. Coast, he's still going to get paid well. So that is an element where you need to rely on your player agent to absolutely lay everything and map everything out for you because it's a, it, it could not be going from contrasting um, environments, couldn't be couldn't be choosing two different environments. No,
2: you're 100% correct there. All right, you're listening to Sunday Crunch Time. We'll be back after this short break to dissect Richmond's win over Port Adelaide.
3: the award-winning crunch time.
2: You're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. It's great to have your company on this Sunday morning. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you as we dive into what happened last night at Adelaide Oval. And as we mentioned off the top of the show, finals are back on the menu for the Tigers. They're inside the top eight. It was a 38-point win over the Power, so the Tigers 11 8-1. Eight one. That is their record at the moment. That draw has them inside the top eight. They dominated the stoppages last night, and probably it's not an area that they've been particularly strong mm. at um, mm. this season so far. But uh, Port really struggled, and uh, it was that third term that they just beat them up around the ball.
5: Yeah, they did, and um, just just the the thing that makes Richmond so dangerous, any team so dangerous when you've got you've got match winners. Things happen and you know, their greatest match winner, arguably in the history of their club, is is not playing, but, you know, but she, they've got another Shea one. Shea Bolton is sorry, not,
2: Dusty, you're out. Not
5: far behind. And there's been a clear there's been a clear pattern of Bolton's um Bolton's form just peaking when Martin hasn't been there because clearly Dusty has that you know, that mid to forward role that Shea Bolton plays when Dusty's not there. Yep. So you know, he was—he was—he's just a—he's a nightmare matchup. He's just a nightmare matchup because he's taken mark of the year, yep. and he can kick goal of the year. Yep. He is just—and he can do it a lot. He doesn't do it—you know—once so every clean. two months. Like you
2: just watch him; these little pickups off the ground. Like it was a slippery deck after halftime last night, and he was clean he's as they elusive. come.
5: Elusive—you yep. can't tackle him, <laughs> even when you get two hands on him. He can break tackles. Uh, you know, he had a little patch where he was just a little. Sort of, you know, things were going on weirdly in front of goal, and even last night, you know, he, he still he missed a fair few opportunities that that he would uh, would normally kick at his absolute best. But he just was able to take the game away from Port. Look, Port didn't have anyone yeah. who could who could, Match who could him. make that type of playmaking difference. And uh, at the end of the day, for all the stats uh, that went in the favour of the Tigers, and they are important, they had Shea Bolton and Port didn't.
2: Four goals, five, he kicked from seven, he couldn't have nine goals. But this season alone, he's had 78 shots at goal. He's gone 39-39. Imagine mm. if he just straightens oh, up a little bit.
5: And, and, he, and he spends, you know, you'd have to, you know, I haven't had a look at the, the uh, champion data breakdown of his time split forward and mid, yeah. but I, I would imagine he's played at least 25% of his time as a midfielder. Mm. So, and he he often comes up as the extra forward at the stoppage. So he's not even, you know, that that takes away another, you know, however many opportunities Whether tight, he's the extra around the footy. He's a forward, but he's an extra around the ball, and they they get it down there quickly, and he's not able to be involved in that. So he's probably missed out on a lot more opportunities to kick goals or have shots at goal as well. So he's just a remarkable talent. He was one when he was out of contract. He was one. Talk about Rankin. Bolton was one I would have thrown the absolute world at because he does what Rankin does, but he does it two out of every three weeks.
2: Yeah, more consistently. So you've got Shea Bolton doing what he does in the midfield and the forward. And then you've got Dan Rioli at half back. And it's not just the 25 disposals and the eight intercepts that he's had, but he goes forward. And in the last few weeks, we've seen that. He's been impacting the scoreboard. He kicked two goals last night. It's when you think about the All Australian team and how it might look. The half backs its going to be tough because you've got Nick Dacos, who's been brilliant this year. Adam Sard's been good too, but surely Dan Rioli has to be in that conversation as well.
5: Well, he, he, you'd imagine they'll—they'll they'll throw him in the forty, and then which gets named shortly in the you know, yeah. next ten days or so. I think they name it before the last I game of do, the season, yeah. which is it's a, a bit little, weird, isn't it? little strange. <laughs> Uh, I hate to bob up and kick twelve in the last game of the year, and that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah, he would be in the conversation. It's been a it's been an inspired move from from the coaching staff, yep. who I think probably did it because they weren't you know he was really out of favour in their forward mix. He was he played VFL footy and he was playing as sub, and they yep. just couldn't really get him to 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 play to the level that he played during the premierships. And to throw him to, to half back is great coaching, but you've got to give almost all of the credit to to the young man to be able to adapt to be confident to fit into the system and and you'd imagine you know grimes and and vlostone and and, and those guys back there give him the world of confidence look you have to defend first but we've got you back here to give us the rebound to yeah. give us the run to be dashing to help our ball movement so if you see an opportunity go and take it and we'll get we've got you back Nathan broad we've got you back we'll yeah. support you so You'd imagine that his life has been made a lot easier and that transition has been made a lot more swiftly because of having Grimes and and Vlostone and Broad and those guys back there with him.
2: Mentioned uh, Vlostone there. He's got maybe, Mm. Dimmer said, a rib injury. Got absolutely crunched. I think it was by Charlie Dixon. Mm. Would make Um, sense, big boy. uh, It was just horrible to to look at. So he might miss uh, a week Perhaps next week, maybe even two. We don't know at this stage what the severity of that is. But obviously, D- Dylan Grimes has had hamstring surgery. Do you have a few concerns about oh, the yeah, Tigers? Yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, because, and that's been the issue for them a lot of the season. Just seasons, personnel. Just isn't personnel. It? Mm. You know, they, they they of anyone, maybe Collingwood, who are you know, almost uh, uh, copying the system. They more so than anyone have a system where you can mount the argument, it's plug someone else in, and the system c- carries on. But 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 everyone, every sport in the world, you, you, at, at some point with your personnel and your cattle, you tip over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, a tipping they point. haven't got many more. That, Richmond do not have many more important players than Nick Vostone and, and Dylan Grimes, probably yeah. Dusty, and then those two.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, um, it's going to be interesting, but one thing's for sure is you don't want to face them come September. So they've got Hawthorne and Essendon to come. Destiny is now in their control. This was damien Hardwick. He was a little bit philosophical after the game.
5: Well, you know, sometimes um you choose a mountain and sometimes the mountain chooses you. Um we've got to go about it a different way. You know, it's exciting for us. You know, the challenge is firmly set, we've got a great understanding of what that is. You know, every game is elimination final, we understand that, but I'm really pleased with the way the guys are playing. You know, we can't think too far ahead. All we've got to do is just worry about, you know, one foot after another, um, stepping forward. But, you know, the great thing about us is is we're sort of regenerating at the same time. Like, effectively, tonight we had four first-year players in with, you know, MJ, Kumbo, and, um and Sonzi. And we're really pleased with all the performance of those players. So, you know, we're playing some good football, but we're also regenerating along at the same time, which is real positive for us.
2: Yeah, it certainly is a positive, isn't it? I mean, Noah mm. Cumberland pops up and kicks two goals again. He had Re- what five last week. You
5: really got to read between the lines with some of those nicknames, don't you? Just yeah. <laughs> 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 Combo, give us the, uh, give was, us the. Um, are we okay back there? That
2: was can't... our producer Ben Lyon. If you accidentally hit that over the um, <laughs> microphones, <laughs> that was the biggest sneeze I've ever heard in my life.
5: You're still upset over the, still upset <laughs> over the D's getting rolled on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about throwing your train of thought. Yes, uh, <laughs> nicknames, nicknames, and sneezes—they're oh. no good for radio. Um, but yeah, uh, th- he's right because Damien Hardwick's right. You know, like there's—and they'd be in that wrestle of, uh, you know, we're in the mix. We've got to go for it. But deep down, they probably know that the current group right here, right now. Uh, you know they might take them to a second final, or yep. you know they might make a run at it. Who knows? You'd never discount them, particularly as I said with finals that may well be played at the MCG. But they would be looking for, and I'd imagine at selection they're thinking if it was you know, a 29-year-old who they they that is fully exposed and they know what they get, or a, or a Noah Cumberland or a young player or a Thompson Dow, they're probably going to pick the young guy. Mm. Not not because they are not trying to win games, or they're just you know they're not worried about this year just because they know it's not going to affect the outcome of the game one 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 or two players is not going to affect the outcome of the game and we learn you know we go into the off season when we have going to make decisions knowing a little bit more about you know young guys and having seen them exposed and also knowing well, you know what we didn't think this guy a month ago, we weren't sure that mm. he might be around. Now he's shown us a bit and yep. he might be a player of the future. So, Richmond be in that sort of that, that battle in terms of now and, and what it looks like moving forward.
2: On the flip side, Port Adelaide, 12th on the ladder. 8 and 12. This is not where they would have pictured themselves at the start no. of the season, in the preseason, in fact, because at the start of the season, they were 0 and 5. They just never managed to recover from that. And they, too, have had personnel issues all throughout the season. A lot of talk about Ken Hinckley. We had fans putting Zach Hinckley. Yes.
5: I did whatever. say oh. that the Port fans oh. have never really appreciated him, and no. they, they they went after me. I felt a little vindicated when I saw that sign. Yeah. I didn't put it up there, <laughs> no, are but you I, sure? did, I did. You didn't I didn't
2: drive did. up to Adelaide.
5: <laughs> <laughs> feel it? No, I didn't. I did feel a little vindicated when I saw that sign up there. But oh, Port Adelaide are in a really tricky position because they are. I think you're allowed to go one year too far when you when you're close and you want to go for it. And, and I've you know I've walked these shoes as well. Um, you're allowed to go one year too far, but a big mistake is going two years too far so they might think well they were probably supremely confident coming into this season that they could they could really be a contender and everyone else thought they would be too it hasn't worked out for them the danger is let's just go again you know so let's prioritize you know Robbie Gray over you know a youngster or Travis spoke in the midfield mm-hmm. over a youngster, or Charlie Dixon as our focal point over over a Todd Marshall. That that is that will that's what will be really fascinating for me over the off season with Port Adelaide, what their messaging is, and what they do around their personnel because they don't have a lot of guys who fit that category. You know, who you'd say, well, they either need to take a back seat or even potentially, you know, be be finished up. But you've still got to be careful that you uh, are not, you know, you, you're not sort of half pregnant. You can't be, yeah. you know, you can't be half having a go at it, half, you know, building for the future. So um, that'll, be, that'll be fascinating because I don't, they're probably still in a bit of shock, aren't
2: they? I think so, and sort of reviewing and dissecting exactly yeah. what's gone wrong. You have got to review the list at the end of the season, which I'm sure they'll do. The other big decision of course is, you know, Ken Hinkley, he's still contracted for next year. I think they probably just You think stick it's with a
5: bit him. of a watch Ken Hinkley. Oh, Not for, I
2: think I it's Still a... think so, just because of the media over there yeah. and sort of that that scrutiny, but I personally think you just stick with him. He's got one more year and then you make a call on it.
5: I'm 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 all thinking from Ken's perspective. Yeah, I okay. just I've got no information whatsoever. I'm just again having lived there, I just wonder I just wonder whether he's highly regarded. Yep. I just I think he's highly regarded by everyone maybe except Port fans. I wonder whether he might just say He's over it. Hmm.
2: Interesting. That's why I just think
5: they're a fascinating watch because
2: he still believes that he's well, every time he's asked about it, he does say, I believe in the role that I'm playing mm-hmm. and what I'm doing here. But what does
5: it look like? Because that, And that's why I, he believes in the role he's playing as the coach to drive this team toward finals and premierships. Mm. Or, okay, we've tipped over the edge and we need to start a, you know a three to five yeah. years sort of flushing out of the list and, and, and working out where we are. So big watch.
2: Yeah, interesting times ahead at Port Adelaide. All right, still plenty more to come on Sunday Crunch Time. I believe you've uh, wound up a guest for us, potentially. don't just
5: turn up and uh, talk rhubarb. I deliver.
2: Okay, well, stay tuned after the break. I think we've got a big superstar of the game set to join us on Sunday Crunch Time.
3: The award-winning Crunch Time.
2: You're listening to Crunch Time. We're at Marble Stadium, counting down to the North Melbourne and Sydney game. That game to start at 1 10 pm Eastern Time. But we've been working our way through some of the results across around 21. Nat Edwards and Josh Jenkins with you on this Sunday morning. And JJ, you bring a lot to this show. Thank you. Um, but you've stepped it up a notch today. Mm. You've got us a superstar of the game to have a chat to us, which yeah. is just... Go on to new well, levels. We, Have you we, asked for a pay rise? Well,
5: no. Well, well what's, what's the point? You, well, we've, we've, got a, we've got a producer, but he does nothing. So, oh, except I, whinge
2: about the demons and sneeze.
5: Uh, so I thought, why not? Uh, why not bring uh, the greatest forward of the modern era? One of the great forwards of the modern era. Sorry, that's what he tells me. Uh, Tom Hawkins, who is from uh, the 11th uh, the streaking cats, Nat. What are they? What are, 11. 11 in a you row. You should know this. Why? One week at a time?
2: One week at a time, but also we've been talking about it for the last yeah. 45 no, no, minutes. I
5: did know because it does say ruthless cats in seventh heaven. Oh, so, good. I'm glad you got um, the paper with I thought uh, my, my good mate, Tommy Hawkins, could join the show. Oh, Is that well, a good idea?
2: I believe he's on the line now. Tom, thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, does JJ now owe you something? <laughs>
0: Uh, no, he's been very generous to me uh, in, in our time um, since we've crossed paths from coming from Adelaide to Geelong. So, uh, absolutely not. We sort of... I, I tried to um, weasel a bit out of him last night after the game.
5: But, um, oh, you know, that's, right. it's just, uh, that's what good friends do. That's right. He actually asked for a fee for this. Um, no. <laughs> here, <so. laughs> he, he did. He can't deny it because people... Because he people Steve Hocking Steve Hocking heard him asking for for a, for a fee uh, which is strange for a man who has money trees growing out the back of the Barruball Hills but Tommy um we'll we'll just we'll just sort of get serious just for a moment you must be you must be so pleased you know so much talk coming into the season about nine out of every 10 uh, AFL experts are saying this is the year the Cats fall off the cliff and uh, you guys just don't. You just don't buy into it. You just go about your business. You trust your system, trust your people, and 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 just go and play your footy. And and, and you know things have just worked out, not perfectly, but beautifully up to this point. Yeah, look, you're right, Josh. The narrative
0: is that that um, we've got an ageing list, but um, I, I mean, so, some of our key people within side the footy club make some wonderful decisions um, to. Uh, to keep the list and uh, in great shape, and um, you know they, they do a wonderful job. They're, they're, you know, I can't can't recall off the top of my head how many players we've got over thirty, but we we do a wonderful job of of monitoring um, those and and looking after them as per um, some players getting rested each week. But look, no, we're really happy um, with how things are going. Um, you know, last night wasn't perfect, but um, we played some really good football uh, during the first and last quarter and um, and the results in, a, in a, um, a win against a side that's, you know, they were playing for their season. So, um, yeah, a really pleasing result.
2: Tom, I was probably one of those people that sat in that camp thinking how are the Cats going to take it to the next level? How are they going to step it up with the experienced players on the list and that ageing narrative that you you spoke about but they often say you're only as good as your bottom sort of six to eight players and just looking at your list that's where the improvement for mine has come from like you look at a Max Holmes who I thought was terrific last night even Zach Guthrie um, we've spoken at length I think in the last few weeks about Tom Atkins he's finally getting those accolades that he deserves after stepping up in the midfield is that where you've seen the improvement of the group those younger guys coming through and really starting to hit their straps?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's part of the reason um that we've been so consistent. Like there's a there's a lot obviously lots of reasons, but last night was a great reflection um on our season. You touched on a couple of those players, but I thought we really led well by um Sam DeConing down back. Um Tom Stewart was well held but um Sam was was wonderful on a really yep. dangerous forward in Max King um, you mentioned Zach Guthrie's having a real real impact and just playing consistent footy Brandon Parfitt came in and had an impact in only his second game back so mm. we just it seems to be the load seems to be shared um, throughout the whole um, 22 23 uh, on game day which is which is really pleasing we're not reliant on one or two people through um, certain lines to to win us a game of football so for me and and my observation, if I if I sit back for a moment, it, it's the consistency and um, and effort, the, the consistency of effort that we're getting week in week out. So
5: um, it ha- it has been pleasing. Now, Tommy, you uh, have won the Geelong goal kicking uh, ten times in a row. <laughs> You've got your work cut out for you Ooh. to do so uh, for an eleventh season because the Emu Jeremy Cameron is in front of you. I'm I'm interested in you explaining, and you know, of course, I get a, a bit of an insight into it. But talk to us about how you and Jezza and others, but how you and Jezza work in terms of who's where at what time. You probably both feel really dangerous, no matter what your matchup looks like. So just talk to us about the communication you and he have out on the ground alongside your other forwards. Yeah, well, particularly as, as key targets, you can throw Gary Rowan in there
0: as well, and and Reece Stanley at, at, at times, and Jack Henry at times as well. Last last night, but I, I suppose um, we've had the the luxury of of um, of getting to know and and train together and, and play uh, more games over the last uh, twelve months than than we sort of did right at the initial. Uh, part of Jeremy coming into our system, so we've we've built really good chemistry. Jeremy, as you know, uh, and those that don't, he's a he's a beautiful natural footballer. Um, he doesn't he doesn't overthink the game of football. He plays um, he plays a lot on feel, and he's got an incredible feel for the game. So we are different players in the way that we um, that we play. Clearly, you can look at us and and uh, you know we kick on that different sides of the body he can obviously get up and, and run around and move, whereas I'm a bit more sort of stay-at-home and a bit more of a plotter. So the more games we've played together, we, we sort of uh, have just understood um, where each other likes to be at certain times. We get a great feel out there without too much communication on how we're feeling um, versus our matchup, um, how the game's being played, where we sort of need to be at times. And um, that sort of that's a feel thing for the most part we, we do communicate, but it's also the freedom that we get within our system, um, to be able to play different and multiple roles on any given night. So I, I suppose it's, it's basically comes back to the, the amount of football that we continue to keep playing together. So it's been fun. He's a, he's a great character. Um, he's a, he's an unbelievable talent, the things he can do on the football field and, and, um, and when he trains, he's, um, He's pretty remarkable out there, too. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been he's been really fun to, to play alongside, that's for sure.
5: That did you notice how he said when he trains? <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. How often <laughs> is that? I mean, he just looks like someone who, just when he's out there on the footy field, he just looks like he's enjoying himself so much. And, and sometimes you don't see that from a lot of players, but he just looks like he's having so much fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I just wanted yeah, to ask he, you, Tom. Yeah, he
0: certainly does that. There was one moment in the game. Now, it, it, like it, no one, will, not many will remember it, but Sam De Koning spoiled, got a late spoil in in um, in on Max King, and I, I was the last. I wasn't rolling up and defending too much. I think I had my hands on my head, but the enjoyment <laughs> that Jeremy gets out of not only what he does, but whatever what everyone else does on the on the footy field is is um, is pretty pretty great. It's amazing to watch. Um, you know, he's a, he's obviously a a powerful player and, um, and a dominant player when things are on his terms. But the enjoyment that he gets out of other people succeeding is, is one, one thing that I've enjoyed watching in his journey.
2: Now, we've seen the Cats obviously manage some of the, the senior players. How are you feeling? How's your body feeling? And do you feel like you might need a rest uh, before the finals come around? I know we've got that finals bye weekend, but how are you feeling
0: yeah, look, I'm feeling um, quite, um, quite good physically. I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling great. Mentally, I'm feeling great. Um, I'm not sure what the person next to you, um, Nat is thinking because he has been in my um, rather large years over the last five weeks, um, wanting me to uh, just uh, put the feet up one weekend. But look, I, I, I feel, I feel great. Um, you know, I feel personally, um, I play my best footy when I have. Um, continuity and consistency in, in training. So um, for the most part, unless I get tapped on the shoulder by either Josh or Chris mm-hmm. this week, um, I plan to head up to the Gold Coast and
5: and uh, and tackle them on Saturday afternoon. I imagine uh, I won't be making those types of decisions, <laughs> uh, Tommy Boy. Uh, Danger Field pulled out last night with... Um, uh, an unknown injury, unless it's been announced. So I don't want to calf, just
2: calf injury. Uh, well, I spoke to him before uh, oh, okay. for Channel Seven. He said it was the same spot in his oh. calf that he hurt last time. Just tightness is okay. what he said.
5: Um, have you got any? Uh, can you? Nat probably knows more than you, Tom. But do you know much more than <laughs> that? Well, she does. Um, I, I don't know much. I had a brief chat
0: to Danger um, post game. I think it was a. Um, a conservative approach um, and probably a sm- really smart decision coming off the back of his injury history um, throughout this year. So I don't think um, there's um, too much in that, to be honest. I'd, I'd expect that he'd be playing next week. But um, yeah, I, as you said, Josh, Nat probably knows more than what <laughs> I have. I haven't been in touch with him this morning. So um, expect him to be right. I think it's a, it was a really smart decision
2: yeah he sort of mentioned that in the past he would have pushed through and probably played through it but given what he's been through this year and he's probably a bit more mature in mm, his thinking now call. he was happy to you know sit this one out and and be precautionary um in that regard so hopefully it is just a one week thing
5: mm, yeah hopefully it is Who knows? uh quick trip up to the goldie tommy we've got to let you go in a moment but uh quick trip up to the gold coast this week and You'd be looking forward to getting a bit of sunshine and probably getting away from uh, little uh, Henry Hawk, who's probably keeping you up at all hours of the night. Uh,
0: look, he he, he did uh, a little bit last night, um, JJ. But um, look, he's been pretty good. He's been slotted into uh, into the chaos of of life in our household. But um, yeah, I won't say no to a uh, <laughs> interstate trip, bed to myself, uh, sleep in. Um, I might join and, you. Uh, I might join and, you, Tommy. Well, exactly. Well, there would be a few fathers in the same boat, Josh, so we'll all get together and and, uh, and tell a few stories. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, mate. It should be good.
2: Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you coming on Sunday thank Crunch you. Time. Best of luck for the rest of the season.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: Available after 30 am for a limited time.
4: You're listening to the award-winning Crunch Time.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Crunch Time. This is the pregame show for Thirsty Camel. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. It's great to have your company. I hope you've been having a fantastic weekend if you're joining us for The first time, welcome. If you've been listening away on the app, you would have heard uh Josh Jenkins bring to the table an uh, absolute superstar this morning in Tom Hawkins, and that was a, a really great chat. So it
5: was, yeah. No, um, good afternoon to you, Nat. It uh, he's he, and now he's gone, I can say this, but he he's he's one of the best uh people I've ever come across. Ever wow, he is um amazing, he's just uh. He's great with other people's kids. They, yep. all, they all love him. The hub was just, uh, I think he was in his element in the hub because there were kids everywhere and we had buffets every night. So he was um, he was a happy man, Big Tommy.
2: Buffet, buffets every night, gosh.
5: Yeah, was... it gets old for some of us.
2: Repeating the same food?
5: No, 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 no. We had an Different. unbelievable uh, spread. I'd hate to see the food bill at AFL HQ um, How many for plates the... would you have? Well, that was – Luke Dalhouse and I had a little rule oh, no. that we could only have one plate. Oh, so you just try and you just as much. You're just like you're stacking it up <laughs> as much as possible. You need to drop it on the way back to your table. But uh, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great, great man, Tommy. And, you know, we're starting – well, we're not starting to, but it's there, – there, there is – I've not seen a single sign that would suggest to me he slowed down at all. I, I, I think he's become a better player yeah. – in the past three or four years. He was already at an elite key forward level, one of the top five key forwards in the game. And I think, you know, you probably did a straw poll. There'd be plenty of votes for him as the number one key forward in the game right here, right now as a 34-year-old. Yeah,
2: well, it's not just goals, but it's the goal assists. He is very very selfless in that he gives off a lot of... uh, goals as well. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, we've got three more games to round out round 21. North Melbourne and St Kilda coming up your way very shortly. It's an hour until first bounce here at Marvel Stadium. The Swans looking to continue their top four push and North Melbourne, well, they're looking to see if they can secure a third win for the season and perhaps not take away the wooden spoon again for the second year straight. 3.20pm at the Gabba, that's Eastern Time. Brisbane taking on Carlton. Then we've got West Coast and Adelaide to finish things off for Round 21. So still three games of football to come your way this afternoon. But just in case you're catching up on what has gone on, In round 21, down in Launceston yesterday, it was Jack Gunston who kicked five goals to inspire the Hawks to a seven-point win over Gold Coast. They snuffed out the Suns' finals. Well, I guess they were very slim finals Mm. chances, but they're now absolutely gone. Last week, it was Mark McVeigh who accused his players of checking out. But the Giants, they responded with a 27-point win over Essendon. The Dockers have locked in a final spot. They're going to play in September for the first time since 2015. And unfortunately for the Dogs, it's uh, a bit of a blow. So the Dockers getting the job done over them by 17 points. The Cats flexing their muscles, that winning streak now out to 11 straight games. They were 45-point winners over the Saints, and the Saints have now dropped out of the top eight. And finals, they are back on the menu for the Tigers. They're in the top eight after a 38-point win over the Power. So... That's what's been happening. We were just talking to Tom Hawkins uh, a, a short time ago, but Geelong so impressive last night, and I just I don't even know where, where a loss is going to come at this oh. point. I mean, you um, can't win forever, according no, to exactly Brett Ratton, right. said that during it's the week.
5: Exactly right. You can't uh, you can't win forever, um, but things are going well, and, and you know the guys are so in sync and and really uh, buying in and enjoying the game style. There's been some tweaks. I've been there, this is my sort of third season involved uh, at the Cats, which is scary to say because I feel like I've been there for 10 minutes. But (laughs) there's been tweaks and, you know, the coaching personnel really uh, changed a lot. We lost Matthew Scarlett and Corey Enright and Matthew Knight, who are all really strong and and, and positive coaches. And bring in James Kelly, who's a great articulator and explainer of, of the game, Sean Griggs, you know, just continuing to improve and and sort of become more and more comfortable because he'd only spent a couple of years as a development coach in a hub situation. So, you know, far from ideal for a a player but also a a new coach and he's taken over the midfield and uh, Nigel Lappin's doing great things with that really uh, uber-talented forward line as well. So, you know, things are going really well um, um, but they're going to be challenges and, and, and those guys know that we know that everyone knows that there are going to be challenges and, and you know as it's been people will just judge the cats in september
2: They will. Some of those challenges, I reckon, are going to be for the coach to handle in terms of selection because I'm looking at the players that were missing last night. Obviously, Joel Selwood was managed, Danger, a a late withdrawal with that calf tightness, but you had Mark Blitzard's been managed as well. Who else was missing? Gary Rowan was missing with Mm. concussion. There were
5: four guys uh, out of that side who... pick themselves
2: yeah they're regulars so what what happens with selection I mean it's a good problem to have isn't it and I was listening to Chris Scott in his post-match and he sort of said oh you know we'll we'll try and he sort of said oh we'll we'll keep it the same like it it, we're not going to make too many changes and then he sort of reneged and said actually
5: (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) we still
2: haven't worked out the balance
5: it's it's a it's a really tough challenge because you know I'm fortunate enough to sit in a lot of those meetings Mm. and there's the, challenge, there's the balance of you know, continuity, and we heard Tom Hawkins you know, before 12 say, I thrive on continuity. Yeah. I, I need it. And I've been in his ear all year, you know, in, in, a, in a genuine sense, saying, you know, don't wait to the pre-finals bye. I've sort of walked in those shoes as well and felt like I've waited to the pre-final bye to have a rest, but it's been too late. Yeah, okay. You know, your, your ailments are, are too severe or your fatigue's gone or the yep. monotony of the season's yeah. already taken over but he doesn't he doesn't live that way he 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 thrives on everything and 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 loves it and wants to train never you know rarely ever gets you know rested or looked after at training he does everything so um he lives in that space and a few others do as well but um you know the, the the team's trying to or the club is trying to manage the group understanding that you need to be peaking um now moving forward yeah so, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a it, as you said it's a great challenge, but it's an incredibly tricky balance
2: yeah no it certainly is the, the other part of that I'm really interested in is the ruck situation, and know you can't mm. give away too much here but it really surprised me that Jonathan Segler was the sub. I feel like that was an interesting choice, and I don't know. Obviously, everything that goes on um, behind closed doors at the club, but I know that Darcy Fort was the sub for the Brisbane Lions. He
5: was. He a was, ago,
2: was a little while ago. Chris Fagan said that was a mistake. In fact, but um, there's
5: precedence. Nat.
2: What is what is the best mix? Because clearly, it, from the outside, it looks as though you're not going to play. Geelong is not going to play two rucks because Reece Stanley came in. Segler goes out. He's a sub.
5: Mm-hmm. So, um,
2: can we? Can we? Because I I thought it would have been a great opportunity. I'm yeah. obviously not a coach to see the combination of yes. Segler and Stanley together to see if it could work for Geelong. No,
5: it was certainly thrown up uh, as an option because it is an option, and and it was something I raised as well in terms of you know Jonathan Segler has has played a lot of his career with Ben McAvoy and you know in that two yes. ruck system. So perhaps we would have seen. You know, a, a, another side of John Segley. You give him a second opportunity. It's always hard to, you know, just to do absolutely everything and feel comfortable first up. You feel better second up. So there were a lot of conversations, but I think I think in the end, Reece Stanley has played uh, good enough to deserve the opportunity to miss one with an injury and yeah. come straight back in. So I think he's earned that right with with his form this year. Of you know, clearly worked really closely with him and he's been consistent. He's training. Standards in terms of just being out there and able to complete more and more training, and you know, I always have had a view that you just the more you can train, the more confidence you take from it. it's Just it's just consistency of rep, repetition of everything. Just your week looking the same each and every week, and he's been great with that this year. And I think ultimately it came down to you know he deserved to come back in and and, and and re-stake and retake his his uh, mantle.
2: Well, plenty of in- a selection intrigue coming the cat's way over the next few weeks. Our experts today on Sunday Crunch Time are here for Buy My stock. <coughs> Got excess stock? Visit buymystock.com.au. And one of our experts is here to join Josh Jenkins and myself. He played 322 games across St Kilda and North Melbourne. Also St Kilda's AFLW coach, Nick Del Santo. Nick, welcome. Yeah.
4: Good afternoon. How are we both? Good yeah, to see we're you. Yeah, we going well. We thought
2: you might have been playing in this uh, North Melbourne charity <laughs> rush that was out oh, here was that before? what it
4: was? I actually saw that. I wasn't quite sure. You know when you're trying to recognise face, I'm like, nah, that's not their starting 18. I'm trying to work out exactly who they were. That's not no, their BFL No, i definitely not a part of that, Matt. Nah. No, I couldn't run out of sight on a dark night when I was playing, let alone five or six years later. But it is lovely to be here. And I know this is probably isn't the blockbuster, given some of the games that we've had this weekend, but still got a little bit of intrigue about the Sydney Swans and the placings for the top eight and the top four and how it all plays out so no it's not the, the best game of the round but there's still a little bit riding on this
2: yeah there certainly is and just to see from Sydney point of view I'm looking forward to seeing Errol Golden play mm. live because I am absolutely obsessed with the kid I just think he's an absolute star um he's been in such great form and just the Swans young mids yep. really
4: yeah I actually just spoke to a ex-Sydney person on my way in and I just said how about the this young crop coming through and I think sometimes you get a bit um, blinded by age, and mm. but this is no myth. Like these young guys coming through for the Sydney Swans with the complement of the senior players and the culture that we all love about the Sydney Swans for the last twenty or thirty years, been going for quite a while. But you mentioned Goulden, but Campbell and Blakey off the halfback yeah. line. There's there this crop of youngsters coming through that, if it all goes to plan, they'll play together for the next ten to fifteen years of their life. And then they'll become the mainstays, and then the senior players that pass on those uh, those lessons to the younger guys. But there's also a man in the middle of the ground right now warming up, Isaac Heaney, who whenever I'm covering a Sydney Swans game, you know, there's obviously Buddy Franklin mm-hmm. that you're like, please, bud, just have one of those moments so I can yeah. say that I was there when it's played <laughs> for the next hundred years and you're telling your kids about him. But Isaac Heaney also has that feeling for me. I'm like, I just hope he does a couple of things. Yeah, that's why you're one of the best in the business.
2: So the Swans, if they win today, they will jump back into the top four because they are just two points out at the moment. Fremantle, obviously, with that win yesterday, putting them inside the top four. It's just so interesting this season. I mean, the top four is still not set. The top eight, Mm. Yeah, well, it's getting closer, but the Bulldogs are the big one yesterday that sort of let an opportunity slip for them. I'm interested to hear both of of your thoughts on the Bulldogs and just where it's sort of gone pear shaped for them this oh, year. Is just, it their defence? I mean, yesterday they just let Frio get so many easy marks inside fifty.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I was getting ready for the uh, yeah, for the for the Cats game, so I didn't see a lot. I saw some highlights and. Sam Darcy looked outstanding, he taking the intercept marks. So there's a lot... There's The dogs too. are... I just can't really get my head around the dogs because there's so much to like about them. They've got, you know, one of the, the most exciting key forwards in the game in Aaron Norton and Hugo Hagen. I was here against the Dees when he, you know, just emerged mm. and kicked five goals and was ultimately the match winner, kicked three in the last term. They've got a really powerful and potent midfield and a prolific midfield. It, it just... For, for, for some reason, they have, they have, just have games where – and you've got to give free a lot of credit. They're a good
4: side, but yep. they just have games that just you just can't wrap your head around what happened. This is a really brief explanation of, in, in my take yeah. of what I've seen, but you don't have to be far off in this game to make make yeah, to look really yeah. foolish. Like, yeah. I think sometimes we just need to take a breath and realise that this is the best of the best, and Fremantle have been exceptional this year. You talk about those inside 50 marks. The, the season average is 10 per team. Mm. The Dockers took eighteen yesterday, yeah. so that, that those numbers are enormous. And also the way that they finished their work—fourteen goals, eleven—I thought was substantial. But if you have to label one part of the ground, I think it has to be labelled on the defence. Now we speak about team defence all the time, and that would also incorporate, therefore, the midfielders in particular. But as a system, the system isn't working like it did last year. They're giving up big scores. They're giving up runs of goals and the inability to minimize or reduce the momentum. So when the Dockers had their momentum and every team's going to get it, it's been an ongoing theme for the Dogs. And a lot of teams this year, they just can't slow it down and get the con- get control back in their favor. So it, it's, it's never one thing. It's a hundred little things that add up to significant losses at times. But what we also have seen from the dogs this year is they're more than capable. Oh, yeah. 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 And and one of my most hated terms when I hear it from players or coaches is on our day. On our day, we can compete with anyone. (laughs) Well, that's assuming that the opposition's not on their day as well, but – when the Dogs are roughly on their day, they're really good. But it's all through the midfield and forward. It's their defence, I think, that's still got a, a fair bit of work to go from what we saw last year.
2: So the Dogs have the Giants and the Hawks to finish off. And, mm. I mean, you look at the eight. Like Carlton, who knows what happens today, but they're pretty vulnerable as well. Oh, Do you see oh. the Dogs? It could come down to percentage. Oh, I was well, doing the live ladder on yeah. AFL.com.au. Well, Richmond are in, aren't
4: they? Eh? Richmond, all Yeah, well, they've got two easier yeah. games from here, so I'm with you, Josh. I, oh, I think the it's Hawks Richmond might beat that hold Richmond on. Richmond
2: next week. What are you talking oh, about? That. Come
4: on, <laughs> come on, come on. They might Hawks uh, and
2: Essendon for Richmond, so you'd think yeah. that they should get the job done. I mean,
5: that, it wouldn't surprise us if they dropped both, but I'd, I'd, you'd imagine they'd they'd win at least one of at them. At least one, and yeah. to get one would probably. Get them in. So, and Carlton
2: obviously have Collingwood in that mm, last
5: oh, game just, and they've got the
2: Ds next week. So it, it's tough oh, for Carlton, really tough is. at the moment and if that, they don't yeah, win of today. Of course, a,
5: a, a trip well, they'll be preparing you know, in Brisbane today and that's a very, very tough game for them, tough assignment. So Carlton are incredibly vulnerable. Incre- I, was, I said during the week, if Carlton miss and uh, a Richmond or a St Kilda or a Western Bulldogs got in, it wouldn't feel right to me because Carlton's best footy has been among the best we've seen but ultimately the numbers don't lie wins and losses get you in and and those teams will have more wins and losses than Carlton so it just won't feel like the right thing because you know early in the season Carlton looked outstanding but I think they've just peaked they've just they've they've, they've really spiked and they've they've had massive gains and they've kind of hit their peak and maybe next year is where they're going to be at from a football lovers
4: perspective I don't know if I should say this because oh, it sounds... Do it. I think I actually want Carlton to make the finals. Now, that might be at the compromise in the detriment of the Saints, for example. But the reason I say that and, yeah. and take this in, in the right manner is I think from a quality game perspective and what is possible for an upset, let's say, in the finals, I think Carlton has more capability in finals. And in their stage of growth, I think that would be a good step forward for them yeah. now, even if they slip out of the top eight. My take on the blue season is it's a massive step forward from where they've been for 15 or 20 years. Let's just appreciate that growth. Yes, it looked like they were more capable five or six weeks ago, possibly top four, but that's an enormous jump from where they were. And Collingwood has done it, so it is capable. But the growth of this group year on year, I think, has been a massive tick, and we'll just see how far it goes. But they're 48 points. Richmond, with that draw, are sort of in between, so it doesn't matter. They just get in or out. There's, Mm -hmm. There's no differential between that, but the The tough pick for the Saints and also the Dogs, who are two games behind. Mm. The Saints are one game behind is the percentage. So 101.1 for the Saints is basically another game. That's an enormous margin. So that's 11 difference between them and the Blues and one game to make up in the course of two weeks.
2: Yeah, very much so. And, mm. I think and the Saints
4: have got two tough games. Yeah, they Both do. here, but both yeah. tough.
5: Brisbane and Sydney both yeah. here.
2: not easy at all. I think it'll be good for the competition to have Carlton and Collingwood both in the final series. It's weird to, to say, but like, I actually am really enjoying Collingwood this year. I like them. Oh, <laughs> it. It feels em. so unnatural to say love that them. I like <laughs> Collingwood and the way well, that they're playing. It goes against everything yeah. I've been Yeah, I've been
5: riding them hard because <laughs> I uh, said they could finish top six. I thought they could finish. I, when did you say this though? At the start of the Before year or last week the season,
2: yeah Nicholas. he actually did this is true. I mean, yeah. We'll
5: have to yeah dig it's that true. up somewhere only bucks i think it went harder and he said that he thought they could win 15 games <laughs> but I, I just we and you know when you're involved certain things stick with you and we played them in a practice game like a pre a pre-preseason game we played them and they zing the ball around and i was like they didn't have a great season but i just thought they've got so much more talent they got so many guys who can kick the ball well you had times 2 in there um you had a few guys in, you know, Ginevan in the front half and you just I just thought Ash their talent Johnson, yeah. their talent is really really strong. It's there Darcy Cameron's form's been outstanding in the in the wake of Brody Grundy who is a big watch with some bone stress I think. That's the yeah. the same bone stress which is That's never a good no, thing. No, that is not that. good at all. So I was really bullish on how that go but I mean they've just taken it to a new level. They are starting to take the mickey with yes. these
4: With these one goal wins, that's the only reason why I'm just holding on the pies a little bit. And I've been on record by saying I I just can't see them winning the flag this year. And I got some really good feedback on Instagram from a couple of their loyal supporters (laughs) when I mentioned that a couple of days ago. So I appreciate the feedback; it's always (laughs) welcome. But my reasoning behind that was: yes, they've beaten some fantastic teams, and maybe this makes me a little bit crazy and I'm naive because I have been and bit like I don't want to take away anything that they've done to this point. It's been exceptional, and what a great. Um, well what all the games have been so enjoyable to watch and to be a part of from a, you know, from an outsiders perspective. But I just don't know if all of that falls in place on Grand Final Day. Now, I'd love to be wrong. I've got nothing against the pies yep. and you know, it's a fairy tale sort of story for a couple of their senior players and a handful of guys that weren't there a decade or so ago that, that um that won that premiership. But I'm just not convinced just yet that this constant winning by a goal means you win yeah. it by a goal on grand final yep. day. These They've rolled the Ds twice, I get that. They've beaten some really good teams, but it's never been by a margin. You go, ah, that team's definitely better. I have felt like that about the Cats more times. Yes. And I've even felt like that about the Ds more times. So... I'm just not quite sure. I'm okay if I'm wrong about it. Yep. I just want to see it happen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's probably
2: the forward line for me that I'm still unsure about. Uh, like, it's been performing brilliantly, and they've uncovered some great players like Ash Johnson. It's been fantastic. <laughs> yeah. oh, but the
5: only thing, the forward line, I felt that way about Richmond when it was Jack and Josh Caddy and a little bit of Dusty, and we thought, well, yep. and we thought, well look at our forward line and look at their forward line. Surely we're more potent, but sometimes the system can over... Overawe you and, and take you a long way and for them their their ability so their attack I don't think they rely as much on personnel in the front half because they have got a really they've got a simple game style of get it in there fast and in any way possible but I think when we say that we actually overlook their skill and talk about Dacos and Crisp and Penelbury and Sidebottom you roll off another five or six guys who are uh, above average or elite kicks in the competition. So I uh, like what they're doing. If they go to Sydney and beat the Swans next week, mm. you might need to just jump on board. Ooh. And there's not a lot of room left. I've got Nick.
4: one foot in there. There's not I'll, a lot of like room left. It's like one of those left. Indian trains. I'm sort of hanging off the side. I'm not completely in the Bucks and, the I, were, yet. Bucks and
5: I were there by ourselves at the start. Here now were. she's full.
2: Okay. All right. It's time now to get to dabble.
3: Enjoying crunch time banter? Check out Dabble banter channels and copy crunch time bets. Go on, have a dabble, gamble responsibly. Call
2: 1-800-858-858. And as he does every week, Josh Jeans from Dabble joins us. And Josh, uh, the Eagles, any chance?
1: <laughs> oh, come on, Nat. Every chance today, JK's last day. I've tipped him, uh, actually. Last time game, sure. You've tipped him. We've yep. won year round. finally. <laughs> you know what I've realised as well? It's when... When Pickers isn't on, you tip the Eagles now. (laughs) All right. You 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 get intimidated by the big (laughs) fella. That's right. That's that's right. Um, And we'll we'll just ignore the sickening chat about everyone getting around Collingwood for a moment. But um, (laughs) the uh, Crunch Time team got up yesterday with a goal kicker's multi, which is good to see. So some good form there, uh, which is great. That was paying eight bucks. But let's have a look at your multi for today. Uh, Swans by 40 plus over the Ruse. The Lions to bounce back, put Carlton in a bit of trouble for that eight spot. And uh, the Eagles to win as well. That's paying $4.43. What do you like there? Yeah, I like that. Eagles
2: yeah. to win. Seems Come pretty on.
1: straightforward. Seems pretty Give straightforward. him the farewell
2: that he deserves.
1: <laughs> Even Joshie Jenkins is getting around it. I can't believe it. This is insane what's happening <laughs> to the Crunch Time team. Um, of course, you can download the Dabble app, follow the Crunch Time AFL team, And you can copy those bets with one click. So go on, have a dabble, dabble socially and gamble responsibly, guys.
2: Thanks, Josh. Good luck with the Eagles, (laughs) Isavo.
1: Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. (laughs)
2: Josh Deans there from Dabble. We've got a couple of minutes before we have to take a break, but I do want to get the trade winners of the 2021 off-season thanks to Jack's Tyres and Auto. They're more than just tyres. Vehicle servicing is their best-kept secret. More than just tyres, Jack's Tyres and Auto. Who have you liked? When you look at those recruits from other clubs this season, Mm -hmm. who's caught your eye?
5: Um, Will Brody Mm. because he's gone from – not even getting a game. Yeah, I know that's to, to to probably the number 2 man in Fremantle's midfield, particularly with Fife's absence. So Brody for sure, I've loved the role Lipinski, Patrick Lipinski's played. Played against him in the VFL last year and he just tore us up. And you thought, well, you're an AFL player, you just you just haven't got an opportunity at your current club and plays that extra forward around the ball a lot, plays a really selfless role and think he's been outstanding real high up in Score involvements, and um, and Big Mabby, or Chol. we spoke about him earlier. Yeah. Couldn't have, you couldn't the have dreamt of, of, of him doing what
4: he's done. So that'd be my three. Well, I think Chole's a fantastic yeah. storyline. And you speak about guys playing seconds, and there's sometimes those guys you watch, you're like, oh, they're too good for VFL mm. or second football, but they just can't quite cut it. But there's the Chole story's fantastic, because mm. he actually had some brilliant moments at senior level. Clearly, when you're playing for one of the best yeah. teams in the history of the game, it's very difficult to break in, but... I love the way he's going about his football, but the bit I love about it is just how laconic he is. Oh. <laughs> but he's a delightful kick for goal, and he celebrates like he's done it a thousand times. So he has been a great story and been a big reason why that club's improved this year.
2: It's such an unfortunate situation where his streak came to an end. He'd kicked, a, coming into the game against Hawthorne yesterday, he'd kicked a goal in every single game, mm. and he hit the post oh, great. He had a chance to clinch that game too it for we the
5: it, We should, Jordan Dawson, of course, you know, just yeah. made himself... Uh, the hometown hero by kicking the game winner after the siren in the showdown. And he's been excellent. That, that, whenever they've got a problem, Adelaide, they put him there. He's yeah. like Mitch Duncan. When you need something, an area of the game to improve, they use Jordan Dawson's. He's been and great. And George
2: Hewitt was good early on for, yeah. for the boys that had, had some injury a, issues. Potentially a significant, potentially yeah.
5: significant back, injury at the moment. But he's issues, been a great great uh, acquisition for the Blues.
2: Oh, that's why the trade period is so good, and we absolutely love it. There's going to be plenty of trade movement, mm. uh, including potentially Buddy Franklin, mm. which I still can't believe we're talking about. But we're here at Marvel Stadium. It is North Melbourne taking on the Sydney Swans. That is the first game on your Sunday. That to be followed by an absolute cracker at the Gabba. The Brisbane Lions up against Carlton, and then we round out Round 21 with West Coast taking on Adelaide. 4.10pm Eastern Time start at Optus Stadium. So much more to come here on Sunday Crunch Time. Stick with us after the break. We're going to talk to North Melbourne's GM of footy in Daniel McPherson.
3: award-winning Crunch Time.
2: Thanks to Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. It's great to have your company as we count down to the first bounce here. About 40 minutes away, we're at Marvel Stadium for North Melbourne and the Sydney Swans. The Swans, well, if they win today, they can jump back into the top four. They're certainly playing some very, very good football at the moment. There is a late change, I can tell you, for North Melbourne. Ben Mackay is out with a shoulder issue. He has been replaced in the side by Josh Walker. The medical subs today for North Melbourne, Flynn Perez. And for the Sydney Swans, it's Ben Ronk. So Josh Walker... He was a sub last week. JJ comes uh, in to replace Ben Mackay. That's a massive blow Gosh, for, for Josh the Josh Walker,
5: just introduce yourself to... Uh, this is Lance Franklin. <laughs> and <laughs> do your best.
2: <laughs> and probably a buddy that's got a point to prove after all of the headlines that well, have been made.
5: Mackay would have been playing on week. him. I'm almost certain of that. So uh, good luck, Walks.
2: Yeah, alright. Nat Edwards, Josh Jenkins and Nick Dal Santo with you on your Sunday. Uh, what have you made of the Buddy Franklin situation, Nick? Because I, I've spoken to JJ a little bit about yep. it at the top of the show, but what do you read into the situation? I'm
4: getting more and more confused by the day, it is, is my honest answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, you read all the headlines and... You try and put together your own thoughts, but there's so many conflicting stories and what it all means and buying properties here and selling houses there is now the way that we work out what a play's intentions are going forward. But uh, my honest answer is I don't know. The, the The piece with him he says, well, at least for another short period of time I get to see him play football somewhere well, that's just from a yeah like, and I touched on it before when I cover a Sydney Swans game, getting to watch Buddy live is something special that yeah, so
2: special. you know you want
4: to have one of those moments, so if it's not here, God forbid, then it gets to be somewhere else, but you know you also think about him being successful going forward, and we've just touched on the young group coming through that you know you fast forward this group another twelve months when we sit right now. There's no reason this group's not capable of winning the Ultimate next year. So if he wants another Premiership or he wants team success, it's here. just a matter about what's important to him, and clearly family's the big piece, and and rightly so. But I sit here right now not having any idea what all of it means over the last, what are we up to, two or three weeks? Mm. This has sort of been bubbling away or getting a little bit more, uh, growing some legs, but... I don't know. It's another one that you're intrigued with any story that Buddy Franklin's involved yes. in.
2: Yes. Watch this space I say. Well, as we look ahead to this game, North Melbourne's GM of footy, Daniel McPherson, has been good enough to join us on Sunday crunch time. Welcome to you, Dane, appreciate your time.
3: Thanks for having me, Nat.
2: Uh, we just saw the late change, Ben Mackay out. Can you take us through it said a shoulder? What what's the what's the deal with Ben?
3: Yeah, he got a bit of a whack on the AC joint a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, he was able to get up to play last week against the Bombers, but it's just grumbled along this week. and uh, He's pretty close, and yeah, he just made a decision this morning that he wasn't quite right.
2: So Josh Walker comes into the side. Is he going to have to line up on, on Buddy Franklin?
3: Uh, yeah, between him and Aidan Core, um, they'll get the job. So, yeah, Ben, as you guys just discussed, Ben would have had the job. Um, yeah, so it's a big blow to us, but um, yeah, we can't do much about that now, so it's up to the other two boys to get the job done.
2: What's the feeling been like and the mood around the club in the lead up to, to this game? I mean, the Swans obviously looking for a top four spot, and, and as we know, it's been a tough year for the Roos, and what, what is the vibe and the mood around the club at the moment?
3: Yeah, well, it's not really any different to what it has been the last few weeks. Obviously, we've been struggling, so most teams we've come up against um, this year have been, well, they all have been above us on the ladder, so it's not a unique uh, feeling this week. Obviously, they're they're trying to secure a top-four position. Um, We just approach it like we do every other week to come out, try and play the way we want to play um, and see how that stacks up.
4: Dan, not to alarm any North Melbourne supporters, but while the boys are out doing their pre-game warm-up, we've just watched Nick Larkey jog from the uh, ground with a couple of trainers. Is that a... Concern, or is that some sort of his normal routine pre-game?
3: <laughs> yeah, he does a bit of bit of that from time to time. It's yeah, nothing to be too alarmed about. He's, he's he'll, he'll be fine.
5: Dan, how I'm interested. Do you have? You know, it's a unique situation. It's one lived through with a you know, a coach um, moving on midway through the season. Do you have? have you got metrics or do you have things in place to ensure that you're not treading water? Because it can be a situation where you think "Well, we're kind of waiting for a new head coach who's going to implement a new, you know, new systems and coaching staff and all type of things. But how do you ensure that you're still getting something really positive out of the last part of the season before you do find a new coach? Yeah, it's a good question, Josh. I think it's important
3: um, to note that it was only six weeks to go um, when nodes got moved on. So, um, it's a slightly different case, you know, if he was to get moved on midway through the year. So uh, with six weeks we we're able to really narrow the focus on just, you know, trying to play a bit more of an attacking brand of footy, um, try and play a few more young kids, get a get a bit of exposure into a few of those guys at this level, um, and just try and create a a fairly positive environment for the last six weeks, which we think we've been able to do.
4: How do you you think you've actually achieved that, given the results as well, Dan? So how do you assess that on a Monday morning, and how do you give the players the confidence to say, hey, You know, we lost last week, but that's not what we're talking about. It's about the effort or about this execution. Can you articulate that to the playing group on a Monday, for example?
3: Yeah, well, I think um, the three weeks since Patch has been in charge, uh, obviously the first week uh, we got a bit of a sugar hit, uh, as often happens, um, and got the win over the Tigers. We were really disappointed with the game down in Tassie against Hawthorne. Um, But then despite the scoreboard against uh, Essendon last weekend, we were quite happy with the way we played. It was just a bit of execution. Um, and they were able to skip the ball up the other end. But, you know, we, we won clearances quite well. Um, we got the ball inside 50 enough. We just weren't able to execute um, that final kick inside 50 and then in front of goal. Um, and our forward pressure wasn't quite up to the mark, which allowed them to get the ball up the other end quite quickly.
2: Dan, I'm curious. Uh, Jeff Walsh obviously was brought into the club to do a review into the football department. He's presented those findings to the board. Have you had any feedback or have those findings been presented to you since?
3: No, not completely. So I've had a bit of a chat with um, Ben Amalfio. Um He was part of the board presentation that Jeff did with the board. Um, and Ben was, was involved in that. Um, I've had a, a really uh, high level briefing with Ben. Um, and I anticipate we'll get more detail uh, to to share with the rest of the footy department sometime this week.
2: What about um, the uncontracted players at the moment? I guess we were talking about the fact that you don't have a coach. You've got Zerha, Curtis Taylor, Bailey Scott, Jed Anderson and Todd Goldstein all out of contract. Are those talks and discussions somewhat stalled in a way because you don't have a senior coach, or how are those progressing?
3: Yeah, Brady Rawlings obviously looks after all our um, contracting and list management stuff. I'm, I'm involved in the list management, but Brady's um, much more involved than I am. I do know that um, quite a few of those discussions are ongoing. Like you mentioned, it is difficult without a senior coach um, being appointed at this point in time, but my understanding is uh, many of those discussions are well underway.
5: Mm, interesting. Cam Zerha, huh? I mean, I just, he's he's what type of kid is he? Because What type of guy is he? I've heard that he, he plays like you'd think he's really brash and bold and, and, and he plays like a bull at a gate, but uh, I, I'm led to believe he's a really quiet type of guy. So uh, how is he from Monday to Friday? Because what we see on weekends is outstanding and, and you'd want to keep him because he looks like he does have the capabilities of, of being a real match-winning type player.
3: Oh, he's a beauty, Cam. He's a, a really nice fellow, you know, well, very polite. Um, yeah, he goes, goes about his business through the week um yeah like you mentioned a little bit differently to the way he plays um but uh yeah, very articulate, uh, intelligent young fellow. He's actually an outstanding chef, which the boys benefit from <laughs> oh. quite a bit. Um, and he gets great joy out of having a few around his place.
4: If you had have said to me, tell me one thing, that Cam <laughs> yeah. Zuha would never be mine. a chef, would be at the top <laughs> reckon, of my no, list. and mine either. Just, uh, uh, just I a quick, reckon it's outstanding. Just a quick one in regards to today's game. Clearly yep. the Sydney Swans are playing <laughs> some really good football. What's a couple of key areas that you need to minimise that we can keep an eye on, whether it's uh, working or not from a Kangas perspective?
3: Well, I think uh, around the middle of the ground is going to be the really important part um, obviously with, with Benny McKay out um, the supply that they're able to get inside 50 uh, has made it a little bit more difficult for our guys so it's going to be um, crucial for the guys in the middle of the ground which they've been doing quite well the last couple of weeks to get it going our way rather than you know we start each, each play from, from half back we'd rather get the ball going forward. So the, the, the centre of the ground is going to be crucial today.
2: And, Dan, before we let you go, Ben Cunnington playing in the VFL today. I think that game's sort of an hour and a half in, 379 days since he last played. I mean, we've all followed his story closely, and it's so great to see him back. I think he's had 14 touches we can see on the, all on the app. All of them contested,
1: probably. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, just what it does for the spirit of the group, just to have someone like Ben Cunnington making his return. I mean, it just must do some amazing things for the, the culture of the team.
3: Yeah, it's brilliant having him back. Um, I've only been at the club since November, but you can—it's—it's it's so easy to see, you know, the impact he has on the place and, and how much he's loved and respected. Um, I was actually over there watch the first quarter before I ducked down here, and um, he got the first clearance out of the middle <laughs> of the ground, the first centre bounce, and yeah, he's just trotting around beautifully, and, and um, you know, everyone thinks he's a—he's a big tough bugger. which he is, but he's he's ball use and the way he kicks the footy is outstanding as well. And and we saw glimpses of that already in the first quarter and a bit.
2: Oh, you love to see it. Uh, Best of luck today, Dan. Appreciate you joining us on Sunday Crunch Time. Thanks for having me. North Melbourne's GM of footy, Daniel McPherson. It's going to be interesting to see what transpires at this club. Obviously, a lot of players uncontracted, but where do they go? Is it Alistair Clarkson that comes in? And... If you're a player, JJ, and Clarko's going to be the senior coach, if you're someone like a Jason Horn Francis, mm-hmm. does that potentially sway your decision to staying?
5: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, he's got some. Yeah, he's got some big decisions to make. It's gone a little quiet on that front with 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 the Hornet. So yeah, oh, you you just want to see some. Um, you want to see some stability, and you want to see things um, that 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 give you hope about, you know, the, the next three or four or five years are going to be, you know, positive. He probably, you know, he's a smart enough kid to understand he's probably not going to play finals next year, but you want to be able to see a, a clear pathway. So
4: that's that's the challenge for the Roos uh, Brass. I think it definitely would influence the decision now, whether it's enough to say, yes, that's exactly why I am or, or won't stay. But yeah. we've seen Alistair Clarkson's influence on the Hawks about acquiring players mm. from other football clubs and... It's more than just the senior coach, but geez, that's a big piece to be coached by one of the greatest of all time. So that's when people have changed clubs to go to the Hawks, let alone stay at the club that they're currently at. Mm. And if they could implement Clarker, then I think that changes the whole dynamic. But I mean, it's, it's a really unique situation given the way that we assess the Hornet, the way, the way that we've seen his football, and I think it's off the back of actually everyone loving the way he goes about his oh, football in regards to impacting yeah. the play. Yes, he's had a couple of moments here he's and there,
2: passionate. but I love this that is a guy about that him.
4: wants to compete. Yeah, and he This cares. is a guy that cares so much about his football club and his own performance mm. and the pride that he oversteps the mark from time to time, but Geez, I'd much prefer play with someone like that than you know some of the other efforts we've seen from the Kangas from time to time this year.
2: Yep, one hundred percent. All right, this game not too far away. or about half an hour away from the first bounce. Stay with us here on Sunday, Crunch Time. We'll have more after this.
1: Might. It has height. Available after ten thirty a.m. for a limited time.
3: The award-winning Crunch Time.
2: You're listening to Crunch Time, thanks to Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. We're just here at Marvel Stadium for the game between North Melbourne and the Sydney Swans, and there's a, well, there was a car that was driving around, there's a couple of cars driving around. Uh, What what exactly is going on here, Nick?
4: I believe, well, I believe it is the Premiership reunion or acknowledgement of the Kangaroos, is it? 1996 Premiership Team. Centenary
2: Grand Final.
4: Scanning my eyes around the stadium, there is some legends in the house. As we just peer over the edge of our commentary box, we see the the one and only Wayne Carey, so the greatest of all times here. See Dennis Pagan in the middle of the Oval right now, Premiership coach, two-time. Wayne Schwoss, one of the best left-footed ball users back in the day and a fantastic person. There's a handful of some of the greatest players, hard-nosed midfielders, running half-backs and just some... Bulls in the front half as well. And the guy actually coaching against their team today was a handy player back in the day, the big John Longmire. Some of the work that he used to do coming out of the goal square was exceptional.
2: I believe they had a bit of a premiership reunion yesterday too, which would have been uh, very, very nice for the guys. And... um I'm sure all North Melbourne fans would have watched that uh, grand final quite a few times and uh, are hoping that they can get back to to that point and get back to some silverware. But they're going through a a bit of a rebuild at the moment. Gents, ahead of this game, we're about 20 minutes away from the first bounce of this game. If you're a North Melbourne fan, what do you want to see from your team today and going forward over the next couple of weeks to round out the season?
5: First quarter, I've done... A lot of Kangaroos games this year, and the game's been over 20 minutes in. And that's, that's just – there shouldn't be that, that much of a discrepancy in, in, in effort and talent. Now, we understand the Kangaroos are where they are, and they're trying to find AFL players and work out who can play and who can't play, and we get all that and build a system. But it shouldn't be you know – there's been so many games, half a dozen games, where it's been seven goals to one a quarter time, and the game is over. And, and even you know, it becomes frustrating in the end when you see them get blown away in the first 20. They make a bit of a run and, you know, the game looks okay. They lose by 40 and you think, oh, well, they've, they've had a go. But yep. the reality is they haven't because the first 15, 20 minutes have been blown off the park. So Sydney have got the potency. They've got the young players who will come here supremely confident and they'll do damage. Sydney will do damage if the Ruse don't come to play. They've, you know, they've got the 96 reunion and all those types of things to... To spur them on not exactly a huge crowd in the house there's a fair bit of red and white here but just want to see them up and about nick for we, the first
4: 20. we speak about effort now Effort can be measured in lots and lots of different ways to to come together to say yes my eyes saw correctly today so if i'm a north melbourne supporter coming here today i want to see what we assess as effort now this whole game of afl is based on mistakes turnovers poor decisions but I wanted to see genu- genuine effort in everything that they do. Go with conviction. Make the biggest mistake in the world today, Nat. I, I don't think yep. that's where the North Melbourne are at. That's not a huge issue. The issue is whether they're going with intent and whether a teammate will support them at the right time. So our expectations is clearly that the Sydney Swans are going to beat them and, and possibly comfortably. And slice them at times through the middle of the ground because of their ball use and ability. But I just never want to see the Kangas give up today. And it starts from the very first bounces. Josh mentioned. This game at this level should never be over at quarter time. No team should ever be blown out of the water. And that's based on your effort and intent in everything that they do.
2: And the Sydney Swans have blown teams out yeah. of the water in first quarters. We only saw that a, a couple of weeks ago with, a, well, I think it was a nine goal. Was that the um,
4: Friday night? Was that yeah, the Friday night game as well off Friday the top night. of
2: my head? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they have the capacity and the firepower to do that. If you're just tuning in, there has been a late change to North Melbourne. Ben Mackay is unfortunately out with a shoulder issue. He heard his AC joining copter a whack to it uh, a couple of weeks back against Essendon, and it's just flared up. So he is out of the side. Josh Walker comes into the side, and it'll be up to Josh Walker and uh, Aidan Kaur to.
5: Good luck. Oh,
2: tame the beast and the well, superstar Aiden that call, is Buddy Franklin.
5: Aiken probably have his hands full with, with Isaac Heaney. I think he's probably yeah. a good match-up for Heaney. I think they're so. going <laughs> to
2: mix and match potentially a little bit. Who knows? But, you know, certainly the firepower at the Swans is, is pretty big. I mean, looking at Sydney, do you still think they're not quite there when – comes to premiership contenders like what is the concern that's keeping you from saying because i know you said yes, jj I'm that they're probably 12 to 18 months what's well, the concern for you
5: my i've seen them uh, so they've got a large nucleus of emerging and incredibly talented young players and i've seen them have really uh, average games and it tends to be and the ga- and then i've seen them play games we think well this is a contender but I think it, it really relies on that fact or that group of young players. They either all play well or they all struggle. Or a large group of them. You know, Robottom and, and, and um, you know, Goulden and all these young guys who are McInerney. They're great kicks. They have a go, Blakey. But they're they're still emerging. They're still young. They've still played 30 to 40 to 50 games. And I just think they're going to be so much more consistent and potent and, and, and in sync as well when they've played 75 games. So that's what just... Holds me back. I oh, know Dale's just sort of holding on Collingwood, and I'm just a little bit off on Sydney as an absolute contender. I think it's Geelong, Melbourne, and Collingwood are half a step behind, then I've got Sydney as the clear next
4: bracket. I agree. I, yeah. And I, I, this is no knock on the Sydney Swans, but you think about their journey and their growth, and when you're at your, probably your pinnacle to, to win the whole thing. And I think they're 12 to 24 months away. Now, whether that means Bud naturally isn't there, so we'll wait to see what happens at the end of the year, but say he stays there. Bud's not the player he was a couple of years ago, but he's still a brilliant player. So whether he's there or not, but one thing that this club has done as good as anybody over the last 15, 20 years is replace people almost seamlessly. You know, they've been blooding these young kids, pardon the pun, blooding these young kids come in. And before you know it, you go, geez, he's a good player. Oh, he's played 50 games. He's just waltzed in in a way that they go. So um, I agree with with Josh. I've got Geelong. And in regards to Geelong, I know you, you know that's the, that's the one that you're really familiar with, JJ. But... Oh, I see Geelong having the least deviation between their very best and their very worst. It's rarely far apart and their very best is exceptional and their their worst games are still pretty good. So I've got them in Melbourne still at the top of the tree, then Collingwood, Freeman and probably, uh, and better include Brisbane on their day um, around the mark.
2: So just some um, news that's filtering through from the VFL and uh, Josh Kennedy, obviously a veteran now at the Sydney Swans, was making his, well, he's been yes. making his way back from a hamstring injury. He has suffered a lower left hamstring injury, we believe, in the VFL um, against North Melbourne at Arden Street today. Um, I mean, that's point. just... Yeah. You just hope that he was going to get back and maybe play some kind of part in, in the Swans' final series. He's been such a terrific player for them. So what that means left for... You know his career now. Yeah. Um, we'll wait and see. So fingers crossed for for Josh Kennedy. Obviously, a, a, an absolute champion of that football club. Just before we go, we've got a couple of minutes left. But the bounce back for Durvege, providing erosion control and environmental revegetation. JJ, is there someone that you're looking to bounce back today or who has already bounced back this week so far?
5: The bounce back, geez, you like to put me on the spot, don't <laughs> know. you, Matt? Know, it's that, unbelievable. I'm keeping you stuff.
2: on your toes. Look, you, you've done really well today because you brought in I've, Tom Hawkins. Y- yes, so, yeah, thank you've, you. big tick to you. You got a good question from Dan McPherson. Another yeah. tick. So. Frio. Frio.
5: Frio, okay,
2: good. Got uh, taken apart
5: back. at home by the D's last week and just bounced back. They've been the Road Warriors this year. They've come to. They went to Geelong and beat Geelong uh, uh, on their deck. They uh, went to the MCG and knocked off the D's, and they
4: come here and beat the Dogs. Can I join in this segment? Yeah, it sounds you like can. a lot of fun. So my bounce back <laughs> was the Giants yesterday.
2: Oh, I like this it. Was, yes. It
4: wasn't their best performance, and it wasn't. You know, they probably should have won by even more over the Bombers. And we heard their coach Spike McVeigh say last week about players checking out. He na- named a handful that didn't check out that went to the wall. I think his terminology was. But what I saw was that consistent effort yesterday. And I actually had a thought post-game after covering it that if I was Ben Run, I would have asked Spike McVeigh to repeat what he said the previous week on behalf of Essendon (laughs) and just change a few of the names because it felt like that yesterday watching the Bombers that there was a handful of players that weren't fully committed to the cause.
2: All right, just quickly before we go, our texter for the day for Spinal Ease. You've won a Spinal Ease pillow. That goes to Brad for your text. We really appreciate you tuning Onion in. On Brad. JJ, Nick Del Sando, thank you so much. Enjoy your Sunday, everyone. Plenty of football still to come on AFL Nation. It's great to have your company.